0: Interesting topics to kick off your weekend. Looking at the news with an eye of faith. This is Friendly Fire with Stu Kerns on the Voice of Lincoln, fourteen hundred and ninety nine three KLIN.
1: Good Saturday morning. It's a Friendly Fire Saturday. Stu Kerns, your host. Glad to have you along. Uh, always a lot happening on the weekends. And uh, boy, oh boy, we're into April already. It's exciting. We're just uh, Easter is just around the corner. Uh, we have got a full uh, a schedule of local programming. Make sure that you keep it just soldered to, to uh, 1400 AM and 99.3 FM. All kinds of things happening here uh, on Saturday mornings on uh, on KLIN. Uh, it's a uh, it's campaign season. There are all kinds of things happening, and uh, and an old friend. Wait, should I say old friend? <laughs>
2: that, a long time friend. Oh,
1: that's better. That sounds. That does sound better. Uh, a, a long time friend uh, is running for office, and we want to learn more about that. And uh, and so it's. I'm glad to have uh, in studio with me today, Chris Surface Beckenbach. How are you?
2: I am well. Thanks for having me on.
1: Yes. Do you are you for purposes of the campaign? Is it Chris Beckenbach or is it Chris Surface Beckenbach? Or how do you it's, how do you want to play it's, that?
2: Chris for clerk. Let's just remember it that way.
1: Chris for clerk, except with Chris with a K.
2: Chris Beckenbach with a K. Yeah, yes. that's
1: right. That's right. We will talk about that. We'll get into all that stuff and all the details, and and uh, in fact, a lot of people may even be saying, "What the heck does the county clerk do?" Is uh, the uh, you have an answer for that eventually, right?
2: I will have an answer for that if you all just right. stay with us. <laughs> all
1: right, you could. That's called a tease in the radio uh, lingo there. But first. Uh, but for, before we get to any of that kind of stuff, uh, again, we we did know each other way back in ye oldie days, and and you are like I am a very rare, well, maybe not that rare of a breed, but this this person called a lifelong Lincolnite.
2: We are we are a special group of folks. Yeah,
1: I think very special actually.
2: <laughs> and yes. I don't know about you, but my parents lived in the same house from virtually the time I was born until my mother moved to a senior living community oh Mm -hmm. gosh 15 years ago wow so it was always the same house my kids know it as grandma and grandpa's house and uh yeah that was kind of a special way to grow up i could i could tell you everybody who lived on the block and their kids names and their pets names yep that's kind of how we grew up in lincoln didn't we
1: that is exactly you just described how i grew (laughs) up and how i'm still growing up uh my mom uh had a, a health issue and she needed to do some rehab and she just uh, this week got back into her house and that's the house I grew up in. She's oh, still living there.
2: That's so nice. Yeah, yeah. So you were Southeast?
1: I was. I was. So my path went from Merle Beatty uh, Elementary to Irving Junior High and uh, then to Southeast High School. And your path? I was,
2: was Pershing Elementary to Mickle Junior High and then Northeast High School.
1: Yeah. Proud Rockets. Proud Rockets. And I believe I'm one year older than you.
2: Okay, at least, at we'll least. leave that one. We'll, well leave say, that one out let's there. Let's just say I'm
1: older than you. Yes,
2: you are. That's, yes, you I'm, are. I'm
1: very old. Uh, <laughs> there. Well, now one of the things about Lincoln um, is that people, you know, they they talk about different parts of the city having kind of a different character and so forth. And and I grew up in Southwest Lincoln, so the polar opposite from you, right? And yet, I think there are some ways in which, when I was growing up, Southwest Lincoln was actually Kind of like North, Northeast Lincoln. How would you describe the Northeast Lincoln you grew up in?
2: Northeast Lincoln was uh, its own little small town, partly from the original geography, mm-hmm. where Bethany and Havelock were actually separate towns. Yep. Railroad stops. And um, so Bethany had a college and its own high school. And then Northeast was actually built as an all-inclusive K-12 through school. mm I don't know if you've ever been in the balcony of Northeast High School, but it used to be that those seats were made for elementary school children. Oh. Most uncomfortable for yeah. for anybody over about the age of 10. So yeah. anyway, Northeast Lincoln, a lot of the dads went to work at either Burlington or then Goodyear, mm-hmm. now Conveyance or whatever it's called now. Mm-hmm. And so um, and as did their kids, as as did. You know, their uncles and their neighbors. And so there was kind of a pipeline from high school to an industrial career. Mm -hmm. But that's not to say that there weren't people who went on to college. But that was sort of the neighborhood. So you played ball with those kids. You you went to the swimming pool with the same kids. And you took lessons over in that freezing cold water at Ballard (laughs) Pool on summer mornings. And that was life. And then they built the Northeast Y. Mm. That was a big deal. In the I would say late 60s early 70s mm. it's a very big deal again another choice another chance for us to just have community of our own in Northeast mm-hmm, Lincoln mm-hmm.
1: yeah no the, the Ballard pool is that the one what's the pool that's not very far away from Havelock or maybe a kind yep, of
2: that's the one 63rd the one. and Ballard Avenue basically okay. and there were softball fields there and
1: gotcha gotcha now uh, the, the bike trail goes right through the south part of Havelock and then uh, goes all the way out to is it Mahoney or mm-hmm. whatever that is it was that uh, okay, all these bike trails were at one point railroad tracks, right <laughs> so exactly when you were growing up, were they still railroad tracks definitely or? okay, yep, definitely. definitely
2: railroad tracks, and yeah we um we learned to go a little bit different path to get to the pool so you could fly right over them on your bicycle, mm, right mm-hmm. Did you have a five or a ten speed
1: i had I started with a one speed <laughs>
2: <laughs> which I inherited from an older sibling, yes, yes. yes.
1: And then uh, I did. Uh, it's funny. I I probably rode that bike as much as any bike I had. But uh, then eventually at ten speed, yeah.
2: Mm, but yep. so
1: you if you're going on the tracks, you gotta. If you got those skinny little tires. You really gotta fly.
2: You really do, or you go a different way.
1: Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's fun. There. Sometimes uh, in the past, I I used to meet a pastor from out in Havelock, and and I. There, you can actually ride the bike trail all the way from southwest Lincoln to northeast Lincoln. You need to take some time because it's, it's, but it's, it's a really, really enjoyable ride just to, yeah, to see the, that whole, whole side of things. So if you're in Northeast Lincoln, one of the things I always heard was this, this buddy of mine said, (laughs) you got a good pizza at the Isles. It's the best (laughs) pizza in the world. And so I did. And I, and so are you one of those Isles Pizza people?
2: I do like Isles Pizza very much. Mm-hmm. But I also, you know, the other the other thing was Tasty's Drive-In mm. on 48th Street. I don't mm. know if you ever crossed O to get to that. But the interesting thing about that was they had a vacuum tube system inside where they would send orders back to the kitchen. Yeah. So I don't know what the building originally was, but the drive-through was on the wrong side. So you yep. ordered on the on the driver's side, but then you pulled up... Next to the building, and the window was on the passenger side. (laughs) So I don't know about the car you drove in high school, Stu, but mine was a '69 Galaxy 500. It was a two-door, and so, and that front seat—I don't know—it, it it was, it was wide. That seat was wide, and so you would have to lean all the way across to get your food. Out yes. the window of the of the passenger side. Yes, so, yes. Yeah. Well,
1: I I I drove a '62 Chrysler New Yorker. Oh. And uh, that was a, a very big vehicle with no seatbelts.
2: <laughs> oh no, I had seatbelts.
1: See, that's very modern. Back then, <laughs> in the in the '62, you you never had any. And I, I enjoyed it because I was—that's actually the year I was born. So the '62 mm. was like we had a symbiotic relationship there. Yes. But, uh, but man, you could cram a lot of friends in there without seatbelts.
2: Yeah, I'm not saying a word about that.
1: Nope, nope, nope. That was those were the good old days where we <laughs> we didn't pay attention to such things. So then after, uh, how do? Where did the story go after Northeast High School? Then.
2: Uh, started at Wesleyan, ended up going to work full time, mm-hmm. got married, had a family, and until 10 years ago i still lived in north lincoln all right forever so i got as close as vine street at one point <laughs> <laughs> and then we sold that house and and moved clear south so gotcha. i uh, stayed in northeast lincoln my mom's still in northeast lincoln but i'll tell you another thing about northeast too, and and maybe mm. you found this in your neighborhood as well mm. is that the builders when they built that community had planted trees Mm. beautiful oak trees and they dropped acorns and we used to get paid a nickel a coffee can to pick up full (laughs) you know the full-size cans of coffee of acorns but drove by recently and was really taken back to see that those trees were cut down in the front yard Mm. now I realize they're 60 year old trees and trees have a lifespan But it was really pretty, pretty sad for me. Um, You know, we watched our dog, our Boston Terrier, chase squirrels up those trees and sit at the bottom and wait for them to come down. But those squirrels could go for blocks in any direction in the the maze of trees that was up there. So that was a little bit tough for me.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, actually, it's very much that same way. My mom has a huge oak in her front yard. And, uh, and, yeah, trees everywhere. They did a wonderful job of, of keeping that up. That is one of the things you wonder about the new developments. You, I don't see a lot. Well, of course, they wouldn't be mature trees. But, but that emphasis on that's, that's so much of what makes a neighborhood a neighborhood yes. is, is that it's, it has some natural beauty in it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, so, well, uh, we will pick up on that theme. But it's time for our first break. And, and then I want to get into this adventure year. You've, you've dove into. Great. Uh, I'll running. be right
2: here waiting. Let's do it.
1: It'll just be a couple of minutes here. Let's, let's sell some, uh, some commercials here and uh, pay, some aver- uh, pay some bills. And uh, we'll come right back. Uh, Stu Kearns talking with uh, Chris Beckenbach. Uh, she's running for office. And we're glad to have her here on uh, The Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN.
0: Keeping the topics lively, The Conversation Civil, this is Friendly Fire with Stu Curds on The Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN.
1: We are back. It's a Friendly Fire Saturday talking with uh, Chris Beckenbach. And uh, back away, in my head, I always said Beckenbaugh, but Beckenbaugh, Beckenbach, similar.
2: I'm very flexible on that. I think it's easier for people to kind of figure out how to spell it if they hear that hard consonant on the end. Gotcha,
1: gotcha. So it's it's more than potato potato. It's it's it, yeah. you want to you want to see the ch on the end there. Yes, yes, yes. yes. very good. So um, we uh, again we, we had some uh, activity together in our youth.
2: We didn't talk about that. I yes. think people are curious, don't oh, you? Oh,
1: good grief. Come on, listeners, yes. on Saturday
2: morning, are you curious?
1: But I, I, well, go ahead. Give your version of it, and then I'll rebut. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Stu was the star of a show that oh, I no, was a no, part of. Time for
1: rebuttal. Time for rebuttal. <laughs>
2: <laughs> we were in a singing group uh, sponsored by Campus Life Youth for Christ here in Lincoln, and Steph Schulte, a delightfully talented. A woman who uh, brought a bunch of high school and college kids together, and we performed a musical written by Barry Maguire. Did mm. you know that?
1: I, you know, now that you mention it, I do remember that was Barry Maguire. Barry Maguire. He was, he was kind uh, of a big name in the 70s.
2: He was, and, yeah. a, and a talented guy. And mm. um, so we performed a, a musical, and uh, Stu played the part of Peter, the apostle.
1: That was that was like a lifetime ago.
2: And we didn't costume, and mm-hmm. that was when churches had Sunday evening services pretty yes, much yes. Uh-huh. all around and so we would go from church to church performing this musical over a whole summer. Yep. I think we yep. probably performed 10 times maybe. That, that sounds about right. Yeah. 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 Well, Stu was a wonderfully talented individual, and it was a, it was great fun. It was really a fun show to be a part of. Made a lot of made some lifetime friends.
1: It was it was a it was a good time. It was very fun, and uh, yeah, I oh boy, you know there. Uh, I wasn't always uh, you know I wasn't always the most reliable rememberer of lines. I think <laughs> I I I I made Steph sweat on more than one occasion. It's like. Okay, he's a little lost. Is he going to land this plane? And uh, so, so God bless Steph Schulte.
2: But I tell you what we took from that, Stu, and that was mm-hmm. the experience of getting up in front of people and um, doing your best and mm-hmm. giving it your all and, and not being uncomfortable to get up in front of people, mm-hmm. which is a confidence I developed then, and I'm using that now.
1: That well, okay. That's what a transition. See, this is like seamless. <laughs> so the uh so one day you wake Eesh. up and you say, you know, I think I might, I might be good at at being a, a county clerk. How no? Is that how it happened, or how did it happen?
2: Um, I I've been involved with politics for a long time. Uh, worked when Tony Fulton was a state senator, and then mm-hmm. ran for. Uh, state Treasurer, I, I started working on his campaign mm-hmm. and that introduced me to a lot of people that have been involved and I I Gained an interest and then I started working on other people's campaigns mm. And I've looked at a couple of different offices, Stu. I've looked at maybe a legislative seat or I've looked at um, City Council for sure in the past and I Just was not as interested in crafting policy. Mm. That's what um, city council and legislature have a lot to do with it, especially the legislature. Mm. There's a lot of policy that has to be drafted. And that, the wise wherefores in the long terms, I'm interested, but I just don't have the heart. Because mm. if you're going to do this, if you're going to commit to being an elected official, you have to want to do what it is you're being asked to do. Yeah, yeah. And so I took a look at this clerk's job, and the clerk is really an administrator. Mm. It's not policy related. And so... I thought, you know, that's something I have a great deal of experience in and something I'm very interested in. Mm-hmm. And that's, uh was January, started thinking about it, looked at the landscape and um, the fact that the current county clerk who's been there since 2006 wasn't going to run for that office again. I thought this is an opportunity and mm-hmm. I spent some time praying about it and talking with people that I know and gaining that wise counsel mm-hmm. that we mm-hmm. really uh, need to spend time with and decided it was time.
1: Yes. Now, having been involved in campaigns before, you, have, you had a pretty good idea in advance. A lot of, a lot of people who are, are, maybe it's their first time running for an office, they, they really don't know what they're in for. And yet you, you really are entering this much more eyes wide open, right?
2: That's true. I've run regional races, citywide races, and statewide races for other candidates. And I thought, I do have the the tools, mm-hmm. and I do know the resources, and I know how to get things done efficiently mm-hmm. without having to, to worry about that and so um yeah, so a couple of things that you need to be a good candidate you need some tough skin you need <laughs> you need to be <laughs> willing me out. I'm, done. <laughs> I'm out <laughs> you need to be willing to pick up the phone now wait let me let me let me retract that as a yeah. pastor yeah. you have to have some tough skin
1: um you know when I have to.
2: Yeah, it happens (laughs) when I have to. It happens.
1: Hey, hey, enough about me. Now back to you. No. (laughs)
2: Um, shoe leather. You have to be willing to invest in a really, probably more than one, really good pair of shoes because you're going to be out walking Mm. the streets and talking to people. Mm. Uh, very specifically, going door to door and listening to what the people want. Mm -hmm. And um, you have to be willing to pick up the phone and ask people for things. So while I'm talking with you, can I put a sign in your yard?
1: Sure, absolutely. <laughs> There's, I live in the country, so there, there aren't a ton of people who, hey, but the people who go by, you know, they're right. they, they vote too, right? Yeah,
2: and so that's what you have to look at is, is am I willing to do those things? And if you don't have the heart to be willing to walk up to a stranger's door and talk to them, or mm-hmm. if you're not willing to have a microphone in front of you and mm-hmm. talk about Things, then you're probably not really in the right place to be a candidate. Mm
1: -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, the uh, just to refresh us a little bit here, then. So the the county clerk, where is where is the is that office in the county courthouse? Then that
2: the office is in the county courthouse, and it's right there on first floor. You come in the north doors of the county the city building, and it's just right there on the right side.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. So and and what is the inter uh, interplay between the county clerk and like the county commission and and uh, some of the other county em- entities.
2: That's a great question too. So um the county clerk does the uh agenda and the minutes for the county commissioners. Mm-hmm. So they meet every week and so the clerk is there to call the roll and bring the meeting to order and those kinds of things, but mm-hmm. then is also the keeper of the minutes from those meetings. Ah,
1: and as, as a good Presbyterian, I've kept many good minutes. <laughs> I'm and, sure you uh, have. We have to, uh, yes, you have to know what's worth adding into the minutes and what isn't. Right. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah.
2: And so that's a staff person who actually does the minutes, but the agenda, crafting that agenda, working mm-hmm. with those commissioners to say, what do you want on the agenda this week? Mm-hmm. Is a a good part of what the county clerk does.
1: Gotcha, gotcha. Now the so when you, uh, I mean, okay. One thing when you're when you're going for a city council seat and they're just a very specified district, and uh, but now it's you know you're I can vote for you because I live outside the city and and you but which is a great thing, but it's also like a wow, you've got a whole county that you're trying to acquaint with. Uh, you and your work and, and, and to communicate with them why they should vote with you. What uh, what guides that kind of strategy to not just reach a little district or a little part of a city, but to try to reach a county?
2: You know, that's taken some thought on on. My, my team's part. And so you'll see me at uh, activities out in the community. So I was in Hickman last week. I'm gonna be knocking on doors between Roca and Denton later today. Mm-hmm. And um, I've got a pancake feed coming up in Malcolm that I'm gonna attend. And mm-hmm. so wherever I can, I'm gonna get out and meet people in oh, a very yeah. natural way out, out in our county because everyone in the county can vote for me. There's no district related to the county clerk's job
1: gotcha gotcha now the uh, the way this it's now everything's been complicated with the Fortinberry situation and now we're going to have like three elections in the next 6 months or mm-hmm. something like that but the election uh, that's coming up the general prelim
2: uh, there's the primary in May that's
1: the word i was looking for yes. the primary uh-huh. there's the primary in May and that's the first opportunity then to vote is that correct
2: that is and yet i won't be on that ballot because that this is a partisan race meaning the the Democrats and the in are electing their candidates for office and the Republicans are electing their candidates for office. And so if there isn't an opposing same party person mm-hmm. in, on the primary, then you won't be on the primary ballot. Oh, so you won't get a chance to vote for me until November.
1: Okay, so you're you're unopposed for the Republican nomination.
2: That's correct. I'm the only one Republican that stepped up to run for clerk.
1: Wow. So That's I mean, you know, hey. That simplifies things a little bit.
2: It does, and it, it makes it hard because people are saying, "Well, can I have a yard sign now?" No, you're not going to get a yard <laughs> sign because I it has to last until November. Yes. and they do wear, and yes. they're not inexpensive. I'll tell you that.
1: That that is true. That mm-hmm. is true. I mean, people talk about the budget. Well, we're going to take a little second break here, but when we come back, we can just talk about uh, again some of those odds and ends because, again, I've I've been around a few campaigns, but uh, but they're not free and they're not always cheap even. Uh, so there's, there's, there are always costs in, in terms of just uh, getting the word out. And, uh, um, and so we'll, we'll dig into just a little bit. Is that okay? Absolutely. All right. It's a Friendly Fire Saturday here. Stu Kern's talking with Chris Beckenbach. And uh, she's running for county clerk. Um, we'll learn more here as we continue on. It's a Saturday morning on The Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLAN.
0: Interesting topics to kick off your weekend. Looking at the news with an eye of faith. Friendly Fire with Stu Kearns. 1499.3 KLIN.
1: Welcome back. It's Friendly Fire Saturday. Talking today with uh, Kress Beckenbach. And she is running for county clerk. And uh, one of the things that is always helpful is just to keep informing people of uh, we know that there is a county clerk. <laughs> we know there is a county commission. I had Matt Schulte in here and he's running for county commission. I said okay tell me what the commission does and uh, and we got started on what the clerk does but the clerk probably does more than set the agenda for for meetings. What are some of the other major uh, aspects of the of the clerk job then?
2: Well, Thanks for asking that Stu. One of the big things that people might be aware of is the property valuation protests so you get your tax notification in january and you Mm -hmm. say whoa 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 my house is not worth that right Mm -hmm. and so you want to raise the question how do i do that do i just start calling people what do i do no it's a very formal process that comes through the clerk's office Mm -hmm. so we gather those files and then the county commissioners have a contract with um appraisers a group of appraisers and there can be as many as a 1,000 properties that get their valuation protested. So mm. the, uh, the clerk's office handles those files, getting them out, getting them back, presenting them to the county commissioners who then approve or disapprove any of the variances that are allowed. Mm-hmm. So fancy way of saying the clerk's office wants to keep that process smooth. Mm. And because of COVID, a little bit of that process started to be online. But I would love to see even more of that handled electronically. Mm-hmm. People just don't have time to come down and meet with a an appraiser, uh, and nor should they. We can do that much more efficiently. So that's yeah, one yeah. of the things. Yep, yep. Um, applications and licenses. So you as a pastor sign marriage licenses after you performed a wedding. I do. Those licenses. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was clever. Yeah. The uh, licenses are actually issued by the clerk's office. Oh,
1: so they go to see you for a marriage license. They
2: do and we have um they're getting some new furniture in the clerk's office, some a new front desk uh that's a little more private so people can can come down there and have a nice experience because that should be a fun time
1: mm-hmm. getting
2: your marriage licenses. Yeah.
1: That's you know it's interesting. I've I've been doing that for a, a very long time. And I always in the back of my mind you always kinda wonder, does anybody really look at this? Is anybody <laughs> really paying attention? They're they're even and I remember because uh, 'cause they're it's very specific about, you know, use black ink and uh and and uh I remember uh you know, full address, full mailing address, you know, that the, the witnesses have to put in there. So I literally, you know, dozens of times have had to tell people, you know, hey, no, I mean in that little line there. <laughs> write little because you're going to have to get your full mailing address on that little tiny line.
2: So you're taking, you're telling me that form maybe needs a look, maybe
1: a. Uh, yes. Now I put that at the top of your agenda. We need more room to sign. Well, it is funny because it, because it's very specific. You know, no full mailing address. You know, address, city, state, zip, and unless you're a very very tiny person with tiny little handwriting it's kind of it is always a stretch
2: i am not i i am a big bold handwriting kind of person how about you
1: yes i i'd like to think that yes yes yeah.
2: it's you can't read it you'd think yeah. i was a doctor but it's it's there yeah, so I know, I know.
1: what? So, so the clerk's office
2: yeah. is the giver outer of money the Ooh. treasurer is the taker-inner of money. <laughs>
0: so the treasurer
2: receives money for the county county, uh-huh. and then allocates it. And then the clerk's office does the payroll for the county. So all of the county employees. There's mm. about 800 county employees. You wow. wouldn't think there were that many. Wow. And then all the payments. So the bills that we pay for the materials needed to fix the roads and uh, the equipment that we buy and Anything we build those payments come from the clerk's office.
1: I would imagine That's a lot of checks that and a lot of big monies
2: is and there's there's 11 staff people in the clerk's office And so a couple of people do payroll a couple people do payments a couple of people work with the board and one person uh, Does licenses and permits so let's say i you just talked about living out in the country Mm -hmm. Let's say you have a road you want to vacate you want to just just make it not a road anymore Mm -hmm. you start at the clerk's office did you Mm -hmm. know that
1: I did not know that
2: well most people wouldn't so that happens you we take in the application and then we send it to County Engineering Pam Dingman is our friend over there in engineering Mm -hmm. and we we send it to all the people that need to have that or let's say you wanted to have a carnival in your backyard you Mm -hmm. wanted to bring in some games and some rides you have to get a permit from the clerk's office and we work then with the health department and Anybody else that needs to have a say in how yeah, that all comes together.
1: Yeah. yeah. Now, when the, uh, I, have, I don't want to vacate a road. I actually want to pave a road. Well, <laughs> that's a little harder, isn't it? That is
2: more challenging. And, and yeah. you know, if you want to write a check for that, yeah. I bet we could get that done.
1: I, be, I bet <laughs> that's, well, I don't think I have that kind of uh, mm. check available. But uh, there. Uh, well, I, I assume that there must be lo- thresholds of, of, uh, you know, usage, that if a road is used so much, that okay, they would at least consider paving it. Right. Uh, is, that, is that generally true?
2: I You know, I have to be honest and say I don't know the answer to that. Okay. Um, I think that's an engineering question. And
1: Uh-huh. And, and so, the clerk is not an engineer. She's, uh, the clerk is an administrator. <laughs> the
2: clerk is an administrator, and that's one of the things I wanted to talk about, Stu, is, is my experience managing people, managing a company, and, and all the experiences that I've had. I've worked in the private sector. Mm-hmm. for a, a number of different companies started at Emeritus way back in the day. Mm-hmm. I worked for the university for 18 years. Mm-hmm. So things get handled a little differently in mm-hmm. in that sector. And then um I've worked in healthcare for a long time and now I'm working in real estate learning a whole new industry. So mm-hmm. it's uh it's been a it's been a great joy and I've got years yet to go before I can retire. So this is what I want to do till I retire.
1: Nice. Nice. There is a certain kind of of joy in finding things that aren't quite organized properly and and getting them uh, getting them in order right Uh, I mean is that a part of kind of the way you your personality in terms of do you find joy in that
2: yes I do and and one of the things that happened recently in the clerk's office was this new system to, to run payroll and I I know that there were overruns, and I can see from the backside where those challenges came from. I mm-hmm. um, used to work for an engineer who used to tell me, never take anything out of your standard operating procedure. Everything done the same way every time is efficient, and it's the best way to get things done. Yeah. They had some variances in that, and so that created a number of additional programming steps that needed to happen, which raise the cost of the progress of that process. And those are things that I would just like to avoid on behalf of the people of the county who are paying yeah, the bills.
1: Yeah, yeah. There, uh, in terms of things becoming more available online, again, I, I don't know what that process is like. I, it seems like generally more and more stuff is coming online, the ability to pay things online and, and so forth. Is that uh, is the infrastructure in place to to make some of these tweaks and adjustments that you think might be necessary?
2: not really, not yet yeah. um, <laughs> oh. but I will say the the current clerk and and the his deputy clerk uh, were very, very generous with their time in allowing me to come down and interview them, mm-hmm. meet the staff, see the office, and it really gave me even more inspiration to want to be a part of what they have going on down there
1: oh that 's awesome that 's awesome um, we 're going to take one more break, and then when we come back. Uh, we always do in the fourth segment what I call a shameless plug. So if there are people who want to be involved, again, we're we going to have to hold our horses a little bit here. But uh, find out how they would get involved and, and what that would look like. Does that sound good?
2: I can be shameless.
1: All right. Well, let's. Well, that's why I call it a shameless plug. We're just going to plug away. Uh, talking with Chris Surface Beckenbach here today as she's running for county clerk. And uh, we'll, uh, uh, we'll learn a little bit more about uh, the nuts and bolts of that here in just a minute. Hang tight. It's a Friendly Fire Saturday here on 1499.3 KLIN.
0: Bringing you local voices to break down the news of the week. Friendly Fire with Stu Kurds on the voice of Lincoln. 1499.3 KLIN.
1: We are back, rolling right along here on a Saturday morning, uh, talking with Chris Beckenbach, and she is uh, running for county clerk. And uh, Chris, it is the time of the program where we always just do a shameless plug. So now is the time wow. if someone is saying there, hey, okay, you told me I can't vote for you, but, but what, what, uh, what do you want people to know about the campaign moving forward?
2: Oh, here's what I want you to know. I, I, I can think of five things, Stu
1: okay give me one the,
2: you know i'm just so blown away by this opportunity that to, to, to offer a shameless plug here so <laughs> this is such a rare opportunity that yes, just yes. doesn't come up every day in your life there so you uh number one i need people to pray for me hmm. uh that 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 may seem to to those who aren't uh people of faith that may seem an odd request but i can tell you that this Running for office requires an emotional, a physical, a spiritual, an economic, and a just a very personal commitment. And to Mm -hmm. keep that commitment focused and strong, I really need the Lord's help in that. Mm -hmm. So that would be number one. Uh, Number two, commit right now to vote in May, even though you can't vote for me, vote for the candidates that you've decided to get behind. Uh, there's a, there's an opportunity that we do not want to squander as Americans. There are people who died for our opportunity to, to go to the polls. Mm -hmm. And so go out and do that. Uh, number three, go to my Facebook page, uh, Christopher Clark. You can find me on Facebook. It's Chris with a K go there, like my page, follow along, like, and share the content that you see, and that will help get my name out to people without that cost that we talked about. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Uh, Next would be uh, commit to have a yard sign. Uh, There'll be announcements on my Facebook page probably in August. Uh, We'll get those yard signs going in August. Um, And it would be great if people would come and get one when that time is announced. So Mm -hmm. watch for that. And then um, finances. Stu, you alluded to the finances earlier on. And uh, we don't know how much this race is going to cost. We know that local races lately have cost in the neighborhood of $50,000. Wow. Guessing that because uh, the other person running for this office is term limited out of the legislature and they have some money already in their coffers that it will go well above $50,000. Wow. But if you look at the governor's races, there's millions of dollars being spent there already. So it's, Mm -hmm. it's, it's sad there are better ways to spend that money in our... In our society, but um, that's what it's going to take. And so you can go to my Facebook page, link to my website, and you can contribute right online.
1: Okay, okay, that's uh, boy, that is. I wondered what how much uh, uh, local, uh, uh, citywide kind of elections are costing, and and uh, wow, that that was that's a little higher than what I thought it would be.
2: Yeah, what we could do with that fifty thousand dollars, I think. What you know. What the People City Mission could do with $50,000. What the Salvation Army could do with $50,000. Mm-hmm. Child Evangelism Fellowship. What Zion Church could do with $50,000. I think yeah. there are a lot of human needs that could be met. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But this is this is what we need to do. Uh, and, Stu, let me tell you a little about why it's important to elect me. Okay? Mm, please <laughs> do. <Yes. laughs> Besides the experience that I have, should a county commissioner not... Uh, be able to fulfill their term sounds like Miss America doesn't if she's not able to fulfill her term <laughs> but if a county commissioner doesn't fulfill their term then a three-person panel appoints the next county commissioner mm. the commissioners don't appoint their own replacement mm. and the county clerk is one of those people on that panel who um, is the one that would nominate a new a new member for the county commissioner so it's important mm-hmm. who mm. gets elected into that position
1: mm-hmm absolutely um, you know, uh, we just uh, in this last segment here, we kind of it's potpourri for five hundred, uh, and and you've been involved in politics for a long time. Um, there, uh, some people have said some some version of this. It seems like everybody's saying some version of this. Yes. Oh, these times are just so polarizing, and it's never been worse. And it's been this is as bad as it's ever been, and so forth. And uh, and kind of a two part question. Number one, do you think that's true that this is that things really are worse? And number two, what's different about local politics versus national politics in terms of in terms of uh, of that kind of polarizing attitude?
2: I'll tell you one thing that's changed so much of this, Stu, and I'm sure you've seen it in as well is social media mm. we are we, we see people who are keyboard warriors who say and say really pretty terrible things to other human beings. Um, I believe that every person has a sacred dignity that That just is a part of who they are imbued by God at birth and and you just should never speak to other people in the way that I see people speak to other people so are we angry are we polarized yes I would say in my experience we are Mm -hmm. Um, and yet we don't have to be we can talk about our our candidates we can cheer people on we can support one another. We can point out differences between candidates, don't you think? Absolutely. And But that's not saying that we need to to call names or, or um, you just offer pejorative opinions about people.
1: Yeah, yeah. Do you think... One of my theories has been is that that's what makes local politics different because these are people you're actually you're all living together you know the mm-hmm. whatever whatever you know work you do the impact on the community is not just felt by other people it's felt by yourself and that's whether it's the mayor the city council the county commissioners these are you're making decisions that that don't just impact others they impact your own family yes and and things like that how does that how is that kind of a game changer
2: again it goes back to that that dignity thing, can you really look at another person, can you say something about them on the air, as we're talking today, Mm -hmm. and then run into them later on at, you know, say the farmer's market tomorrow, and feel good about seeing them after Mm -hmm. the words that came out of your mouth. Because the words that come out of your mouth change your own mind, right? Mm -hmm. They're in your mind, but they get reinforced in your mind when you say them out loud. And Mm -hmm. so... Saying them out loud, sharing them on social media—I just, we don't need that. We yeah. just don't need that.
1: Yeah, and there's, there's just so many. Uh, we, we need so much more positive influence, and, and we don't need, we don't need the negative. There is something about that nameless, uh, or faceless, uh, voiceless, mm-hmm. uh, thing about social media. It does seem to. It doesn't always. I, I think again. I, I try to use Facebook mostly for. Puppy dogs and huskers you know <laughs> but but there is something about just throwing words out into the empty void that uh, that people they are more they're they 're careless sometimes in a way that they would not be if they were sitting in the room with you
2: exactly, and they don't they don 't dissipate actually, they stick to a yeah. wall out there in the blogosphere somewhere yeah. and they have repercussions
1: yeah yeah,
2: and it 's just not needed
1: no uh, not needed at all. There um just a few minutes left here as you're, uh, I mean, obviously the, the campaign's rolling, things are going, you're fundraising and everything, but you got to pace yourself because it's going gonna, it's gonna to linger into the fall. What are uh, When you're not campaigning, because we all need to be refreshed, what, what do you find in, in this season of your life is the stuff that really refreshes you and kind of gets you ready to get back into the fight?
2: Well, we could have talked the whole forty minutes about my grandchildren because they are the most fabulous people that I know. I... If we were gonna, if we were gonna put chil- people in a hierarchy, my grandchildren are <laughs> are some of the finest. Uh, my seven-year-old granddaughter wrestles; Aww. she's a whole forty pounds dripping wet, so that's fun. I like wow. to go and watch her. Mm-hmm. Um, I love to cook and entertain for people in my home. That's mm-hmm. a real joy for me, as it was for my mom and dad, and and so that's something I come by naturally. Um I do some reading. I'm currently reading uh John Maxwell's Failing Forward. Mm. If you have not read it, I highly recommend. Mm. Uh it's a really really good book. Really thoughtful and and nice bite-sized ch- chapters so that I can get in a chapter and get something else done and keep moving, but that's yeah. what I do.
1: Yes. Well, that's uh you you you're talking my love language. I only have one grandson. And uh, but I can't wait. We're always plotting the next time to uh, to see him. <laughs> is he local? He is not. Oh, uh, so it's uh, he's in Philadelphia. So uh, I've, only, I've actually only been in the same room with them, I think, four times.
2: Oh, that's not enough. You know,
1: it is not enough. <laughs> so we got to get out there. What, uh, what ages are your grandkids?
2: Well, the 7-year-old is the youngest, and then I have a 13-year-old who loves to come and spend weekends at Grandma's, and she mm-hmm. uh, organizes my kitchen and bakes cookies, and just we do girl things. And then the 15-year-old, uh, he works at the Runza, down where he lives, and they mm. – he likes to drive my car. Grandma, do we need to go anywhere? <laughs> and yes. I have a, a nice little Prius, and he really likes driving it. So oh, that's what man. we do for fun is we go out driving. And thankfully, with the cost of fuel right now, it's pretty efficient to go out and drive around. So. Yes.
1: The, uh, the, it's tough to get much better than a Prius. It is. That, yeah. That is, that is very good. Um, by the way, one last thing before we're done here. The, you were talking about Northeast Lincoln. There was a, I can't remember the name, there was a burger joint, Bronco's?
2: You mm-hmm. remember that one? Yeah, before Sam's. Yes. Before Sam's. Yes. It's now a Dairy Queen. It is. Yes, 48th and... Oh, boy. No, that's, Huntington like, Walker. It's, it's <laughs> it like Layton. block it's, off? Isn't it Layton
1: or something like that?
2: It's farther south than that. Okay. But it's between there and the Tasties. <laughs> yes,
1: yes. Well, there... Okay. From southwest Lincoln, mm-hmm. we would drive all the way to northeast Lincoln to go to Broncos.
2: Broncos. That
1: was That was the place.
2: Wow. So whatever we could use a good Broncos Drove right past the Tasties to get to the Broncos. Yeah,
1: we did. We weren't Tasties people. Huh. uh, Wow. Yeah. yeah. Lee's
2: Chicken, Red Rooster.
1: Yes, Lee's Chicken. In spite of the fact that my dad didn't eat chicken, we still had to go there. He
2: didn't like chicken.
1: No, that's a whole other episode. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I'll come back for that. Well, it's great having in studio uh, Chris Beckenbach and uh, running for County Clerk. Uh, Best wishes to you.
2: Thank you so much. It's been a joy to be here.
1: You bet. I leave you saying, as I always do, to think about it and talk about it.